You're now listening to the Live Different Podcast with Matt Wilson. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. We got a bunch of people joining right now. I'm going to shout out a few people. We got Alex Tannenbaum. We got Katrina. Uh, we have Xander, of course, who I'm going to be interviewing in just a moment here. We got Patrick Maroney, my soon-to-be stepbrother, Vinit, who I traveled to Nicaragua with, uh, Diana from Costa Rica. We got Craig Lecker, an old friend from high school. What's up, Craig Lecker? Haven't uh, seen you in a while. We have Rose coming in from New York. Excited about that. Will Barnes, who came to Belize with us. We had a very good time. And uh, yeah, excited to be here. Excited to host our very first ever live podcast. I've have nearly 100 episodes of the Live Different podcast available on iTunes. But this is the first one that we're going to be doing right now in person on Facebook Live. So if you have a question, feel free to uh, to hang out, drop it. We're going to get into it right now. So welcome to the Live Different Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Wilson. And today we have a very special guest, Xander Fryer. He is here to teach us shit that we don't learn in college uh, and I'm excited to hang out with you guys as I interview him about his journey from being an IT executive, which sounded like lots of fun, now yep, yep. to success coach, corporate speaker. He's obviously quit his uh, corporate gig, I believe. In fact, I should probably ask him. Yep, uh, yep. <laughs> but yeah, let's get into it. Xander, what's, what's going on? Thanks for bearing with us as we hop into... Facebook Live. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, yeah, where are, you, where are you coming in from? Uh, tell me a little bit. Let's hop into your story. Sure. So I'm coming to you guys from San Diego, California right now. Um, now are you in, you're in Costa Rica, right? Yeah, I'm in Costa Rica. Oh, man. I'm a, little, I'm a little jealous. There's not a lot of places that I get to come into you know, interviews and stuff, and I'm like, you're in a better spot than I am. But uh, <laughs> Hey, you're no, welcome coming to come in. hang out anytime. I might have to take you up on that, man. I might have to take you up on that. Um, so Xander Fryer, CEO and founder of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Um, you know, kind of a little bit about me, just my story. Uh, so I was actually, I was in IT for the last, not the last six years. So the last year and a half, we've been doing Shit You Don't, shit you don't Learn in College. But uh, after college, I kind of did the you know, proverbial follow what everybody else does. And I joined the corporate world with all this energy and all this excitement to go take this passion into a nine to five job and become, you know, quote unquote successful. And I was very successful there, right? I made great money. I, you know, I had a lot, you know, a lot laid out in front of me. It wasn't like I was in a dead end job. I you know, was getting raises and promotions every six months. I was really good at what I did. I had, you know, I was working with companies like Facebook, Disney, NBC, Comcast, and you know, kind of as a kid in his mid twenties, making a lot of money with the titles and everything like that, it kind of seemed successful on the outside, but pretty much, you know, pretty much every success that I had, you know, it was like this like sharp peak of excitement. And then this like dull, like last, you know, l lust for more afterwards. Right. It was like still like unfulfilled as I was going through everything. So about 
a year and a half ago. It was actually July 31st, 2016. I actually quit my job cold turkey with no idea what I was doing, except that I knew that I wanted to coach and mentor people uh, to live more purposefully and more intentfully in their lives. Uh, so quit my job uh, July 31st, 2016, started Shit You Don't Learn in College. Uh, we turned it into a six-figure business in about four months. And we turned it into multiple six figures in about six months. And we actually had our first six figure month within 12 months. Um, so ever since then, we've been you know, working with a lot of entrepreneurs, mostly coaches, consultants, what I call impact entrepreneurs, to really help them, aspiring entrepreneurs, help them launch their businesses. You know, Do what I was able to do when I first started my success coaching business, because I see so many people that are out there, they see that you know, the, the way things are being done right now are not it's not bringing them the lives that they want to bring and it's not bringing the change they want to bring. So helping them being able to turn that into a, into a lifestyle. Awesome. Uh, so, so let's go back to what you talked about with the lust for more. Uh, yeah. how does, how does the corporate world and maybe just the world in general trap you into that? Um, you know, what I would, what I would say is, it's it's almost this idea of like gamification of your life. I don't know if you're if you're familiar with that, but it's like you know if you think about video games, right? It's like you 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 play a video game and maybe you know there's a lot of women out there or a lot of guys out there that don't play video games, right? But you go down this path and you get like you know little rewards and then you beat a level or you beat a boss and then you graduate and you keep going. It's that like instant gratification that just kind of keeps you jumping through hoops next and next and next and next as you keep going. And I I noticed that a lot in the corporate world. Right. There was, you know, these little instant gratification, you know, you'd get a little reward or you'd get a, you know, you'd close a deal or you'd get a promotion or a raise. But there was a lack of a deeper meaning in the corporate world. And I think for so many, for so many people, we get kind of caught up in like the, you know, just jump through all these hoops and you miss the point of, you know, you've only got one life. You've only got, you know, your, your one resource that's, uh, you can never get more of is your time. Right. Sure. And I think, you know, that was that was kind of the biggest realization that I had was, you know, I could keep playing this game and keep getting, you know, some instantaneous gratification, but it was not fulfilling that that deeper hole, right? That deeper meaning that I was looking for. Of course, I, I like the uh, gamification reference. And yeah, I mean, that's what life is. You you beat one level and to the next, but the hierarchy around us, uh, the powers that be, the government, the schools, the corporations, whomever, build these levels in, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, they build these levels, whatever it is, whether it's graduation or uh Let's let's get past childhood for a minute. And then, you know, you got to get to you have your your job that you need to secure. And uh, then there are all these other responsibilities that people say that you need to go out and do when in reality. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to do anything. I don't I don't recommend that being your plan. But it's true. You, you know, you don't have to get married. You don't have to drive a car. You don't have to yeah. sign up for a mortgage. Um, all that kind of, uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff that we buy into. So how did you, how did you see past that? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting you bring that part up, right? And one of the things that I started to notice as I was going through Damn, that's an amazing water bottle, man. I need to get me one uh, thank of those. You. Thank you very much. It keeps me, uh, it keeps me fit, lifting, just lifting. I'm, I'm it. sitting, I'm sitting here with my like 24 ounce water bottle, and I look over. I'm like, damn, 
You just made me look like a child. There, there <laughs> it is. It is the biggest conversation starter uh, that I could possibly carry around with me. What were I, I? What were we just talking about? I totally lost track. So I gotta, I gotta be careful where I uh, um, throw this thing around. Back, so back to back to that. I think you know one of the one of the big things for me was I started to notice, and it was exactly what you just said. It was every time I caught myself saying, you know, something like I should do this, right? So it's the, it's the, I shoulds or I need to, or actually probably the worst one would be, uh, in my opinion, it's that it would make sense. Right. Like, and, and I look back on like all the things that I did that were out of it, it would make sense for me to do this. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, and I look back and like every time I said one of those things, like there was like two or three years of just like, what, like, what were you doing? Right. Because I did it because it would make sense. Right. Rather than doing like you mentioned what I really knew deep down that I wanted to do. And that was important to me. I allowed, you know, external everything to kind of dictate what I was doing and and dictate what I actually did with my my life. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Sorry. I'm moving around. I'm just uh, I'm I'm plugging us in uh, just to make sure I don't I don't lose you here. but yeah, I mean, it's because we buy into that. It's because that's what everybody else is doing around us, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of the hardest part is when you see so many people doing it, right? And you think you think that everybody you know, everybody else must know what they're doing, right? So you're just kind of like follow the crowd. Right? Sure. And that's that was that was one of the biggest things that I that I saw, you know, going into the corporate world was it was like everybody else was doing it might it must be right, right? Yeah, I mean, you made your parents happy, right? Yeah, for a little bit. <laughs> okay, and uh, and now what do they think of you? Oh man, that's a great question. <laughs> well, okay, let 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 me let me back up. What would your parents think of you if you were struggling on your own for five years? Because yeah. okay, you started this business and it got massively successful very quickly. But what if that wasn't the case? Then what well, so, would your friends say? What would your parents yeah, say? Yeah, even you know, and and to be honest, even though my business was, even though my business was successful relatively fast, I mean, I didn't make a dime for the first four months, right? And I actually put myself into credit card debt, you know, hiring mentors and coaches to learn the things that I needed to do. Um, and so you know, probably I still remember this. My mom, my mom's one of the most inspirational people in my life. Um, she's Pakistani. She moved here from Karachi when she was 15 years old. She, yeah, she, she came here on her own, paid for, you know, college, paid for grad school, moved her whole family here. Um, so she's been one of the biggest supporters and biggest inspirations in my life. When I called her, when I, and told her I was quitting, right. One of the, like one of the like most important women and people in my entire life and has always supported me. As soon as I told her, as soon as I told her that she, basically told me I shouldn't do it. It was so, you know, her moving from Pakistan to the US was to make sure that her kids had a safe and stable and secure life, right? But I had a safe and stable and secure life. And, you know, I was looking to turn it up even more. But to her, I was throwing away that safe and stable and secure life. Right? So it was really it was it was her fears being projected onto me and I love her and she, you know, she's my biggest supporter now. Um, but at that moment it was terrifying for her and her fears were being projected onto me. 
And so that was, you know, when my mom first told me that, that was absolutely heartbreaking. Like to have the woman that's always had my back tell me not to do it. Right. And so you mentioned, you know, if you were, if you were to start your own business and you were to struggle for one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, right? Same thing. I know that there's a lot of people out there that, you know, loved ones or friends or whatever, sometimes they just don't understand what it is you're doing. I still have, I still have a lot of friends from the corporate world that, you know, they don't necessarily know how successful we've been able to turn up shit you don't learn in college. And so, you know, they'll reach out to me and they'll be like, Hey, whenever you need a, a couch to crash on, you know, we'll be, we'll be more than happy to take you back. And I'm like, Oh honey, like only if you knew. I, I, I totally understand here because when I went to travel, so many people were like, all right, buddy, see you, uh, see you in three months when you ha when this dream dries up for you. Well, yeah. It hasn't dried up, so here I here I still am, and I try to be, of course, as respectful. Now it's e now it's easy to uh, thank those people or yeah. be humble about it. But first, I was like, "Fuck you! Watch, watch me! I'll make something out of it. I'm I'm gonna live yeah. on my own terms uh, now." When you and you start to realize that you know it's not their fault, right? They're just they're just living in their own fears as well, right? So they're just doing the best that they can to be able to you know be happy. And a lot of the time, when you go do something great that you really want to do, it just sheds light onto a lot of other people that like, hey, why am I not doing this? Why am I not, you know, why don't I have the courage to go do this, right? And so that's scary for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, you said it. You said it exactly. They're projecting their own fears on you um, yeah dig into that for sure who might not be so familiar with the concept absolutely um what part of it do we want to dig into <laughs> i mean just just the the actual concept of people projecting their fears on you so uh all right you go to quit your job right and i'll talk <laughs> about my dad right and this was not <laughs> yeah. the case with my father but an example would be, all right, I decided to go ahead and uh, not get a job after college and go and figure out my own thing. And uh, my dad, for example, you know, definitely needed, he worked his way through college and, you know, he had to work to, to pay his, pay his bills and, and all that. Right. And uh, of course, I don't know if student loans were around back then or, or whatever, but that was his situ that was his situation. If he said like, what are you doing not getting a job? That might have been because he was actually afraid not to start his own business. And again, yeah. Dad, if you're listening, I, I understand that wasn't exactly <laughs> uh, the story. This is just an example, but that's yeah. the example of someone projecting your Absolutely. Their fears on your circumstances. And, and a majority, a majority of what's happening, right? As things, as things go on in your daily world, in your daily life, right? So something happens, whether you see it, you hear it, you watch it, that perceived situation you take into your mind and you reflect on how to respond to it based on your past, right? You reflect on how to respond to a situation based on the past that you've lived, right? And every one of us has lived different pasts, right? And so maybe, you know, for example, it could have been, you know, and we'll say, you know, for just, we'll just use fictitious Tim, right? And his, his dad. Um, and so, you know, Tim goes to start a business and his dad advises him not to do it, right? It could be because his dad attempted to start a business when he was in his college years and he couldn't get it up and running, 
right? So he's taking his past experience of thinking, you know, when you're in college, you don't have the knowledge and you don't have the know-how to start a business, right? He's taking that and projecting it onto Tim and telling Tim not to start a business. Well, the fact is his past does not relate to where Tim's at right now, right? But most people actually use our past experiences to project onto somebody else a certain situation. And that's, it's really hard, especially with family, especially with parents to be able to distinguish that because most of the time we envision our parents, like, you know, we grew up with them, like we were, you know, peeing ourselves and they were like wiping our ass when we were little, right? Like we consider them gods, right? But they're just people and they have the same fears that all people have. They've gone through hardships. They've gone through trauma. They've gone through, you know, mistakes and, and obstacles and everything like that. And so even though there are parents, they still have fears too, and they can still project those onto us. And so it's important just to understand that it's really difficult to kind of like get to that maturity level where you're like, you know, and I had to tell my mom, I had to just basically be like, you know, and I call my mom mama. Um, so I, I basically was like, mama, I, you know, I love you more than anybody in the world, but I want you to understand that you did such a good job raising me that I can see further than you ever could right now. And you just need to trust that I'm going to be able to do what I'm setting out to do and understand that it would be it would be doing you an injustice if I just stayed right here. That's awesome. That that's really cool. Uh, and yeah. I hear this a lot actually from people who come from immigrant immigrant backgrounds. So somebody yeah. has worked really really hard to give you the opportunity to be in the United States and they think, wait a second, you are going to go somewhere. You're going to go somewhere. You're, what do you mean? You're not going to be a doctor or a lawyer or an engineer, uh, or, or Eric actually just joined in shout out to Eric. He was our podcast producer for a long time and, uh, he works for under 30 experiences. His mom came from Columbia, right? To come to the United States. And obviously worked her ass off to be able to do that. And then when he calls mom and says, I'm going to quit my job on Wall Street to come work for this little tiny travel company. And actually, <laughs> mom, I'm going back to Columbia. Of course, she's going to freak out, you know. And, yep. and so, but I hear that over and over and over again. Uh, I did a podcast, if people want to search for this, uh, from... Andy Ung, a good friend of mine and uh, past traveler with under 30 experiences. I mean, yeah, he, he, we talk about uh, friends of ours who escaped the Cambodian genocide. And of course, what are you, what are you going to, how are you going to tell that, those parents that, hey, yeah. I'm actually, you know, going to take a risk of squandering the opportunity that, that you gave us. Uh, so can we break down squandering? the opportunity because that's the imperative thing here right right like sorry xander but you could go back to what you were doing before <laughs> right so it's not that yep. huge of a risk yeah well actually so the thing the thing that i would say um for me though is it this understanding of the quote-unquote opportunity right it was a very externally placed understanding of the opportunity right making good money being safe it's it, essentially living in this, uh, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it, this fear mindset, right? Safe, stable, secure, comfortable, right? And so for me, when I actually made the decision, I'll be very honest with you, there was never any opportunity to go back. There was, I was offered, I was offered, you know, higher pay, 50% pay to work less. 
I was offered by other companies to make six figure incomes while working 10 hours a week. And it was never an option for me because I knew that it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the title. It wasn't about any of that stuff. For me, the understanding of what real success was had nothing to do with that. Real success to me was a feeling. It was a feeling of fulfillment and freedom and satisfaction and impact that I was going to create in the world, right? And to me, I could never do that in any nine to five. And I could definitely never do that as an IT account executive or a systems architect for an IT company, right? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. So, so what did you do? I'm sure people who are watching, <laughs> uh, especially the live viewers who are just joining us, uh, we, are, we are interviewing uh, Xander from Shit You Don't Learn in College. And what, so what the hell is Shit You Don't Learn in College? Essentially what I had realized was, you know, I, when I was growing up, I was really good at math and sciences. So, you know, the whole like, what do you, what should you do, right? What should you do? Well, I'm going to go to college for engineering, right? It just makes sense. So I went to college for engineering, but it was while I was at college. So I had to pay for my, pay for my tuition. So I joined Air Force ROTC. Um, and it was when I was in Air Force ROTC that I really learned what I love to do. I love to lead people. I love to mentor people. I love to coach people and help them become better. Right. So I was actually in Air Force ROTC. I was actually going to be a fighter pilot in the Air Force. Um, and my senior year, I made the really dumb mistake of after about three beers while I was out with some friends, I decided to drive home and I got a DUI and I was kicked out of the Air Force, which basically just ruined my entire, you know, 20 year plan of what I was going to be doing with my life. Um, and, you know, that kind of led me back down that path again of just following everybody else. That's why, you know, as a kid, you know, 21 years old, just lost his, you know, life purpose and plan. What do you do? You go follow everybody else into the corporate world, right? And what I realized, and, you know, this is, it's just getting worse and worse every year now. But what I realized is the way that our current educational system is set up does not lead people to living fulfilled, happy, successful lives. It just doesn't. And that was, you know, I, I you know, it's, it's something like 70% of all college graduates, 70% of college, recent college graduates are either unemployed or working part-time non-professional jobs just to pay the bills. 70%. And at the same time, it's, I think it's eight out of 10 employees in the corporate world are overstressed or overworked. Uh, or sorry, overstressed because they're either overworked, underpaid, or fearful of losing their job. So this, the current system is not working. And this current, you know, it's basically this like assembly line of go through the education system, go to college, get into the corporate world, and become part of this machine. It doesn't work. And it leads people to, it leads people away from their own uniqueness as an individual, right? And I could go into a real long you know, talk basically around the, the history of education. Um, but essentially what you have going on in the U.S. right now is it's the basis of a militaristic education geared towards, co towards corporations, right? It's something that ancient Rome did back in their time. They, you know, basically bred people to be soldiers so they could expand, right? But it led you away from being an individual. It led you away from your own personal fulfillment in life. Right. And that's basically where our education leads down right now. And that's why we're seeing such massive, massive rates of 
um, stress and anxiety and depression and all of these things going on in our world is because of that. We're led to believe this is the right way to do things and then after 20 years of doing it, you realize that it's all bullshit, right? And so that's why I called it shit you don't learn in college. Um, basically what we're doing, we're starting people from the ground up to just reform the way that people are thinking in terms of what it takes to be successful. And a lot of, you know, a lot of what I just you know, mentioned is we, we really want to focus on entrepreneurs because we want to focus, number one, on helping people get clarity around who they are as a person, what's important to them, because it, it all starts with you. You have to know you first before you do anything else. And most people have completely lost touch with them, right? So as soon as they get back in touch with them, back in touch with who they are, what they're passionate about, their purpose and mission in life, then you can go build a business around that. Right? And once you learn the skills to build a business around what you actually care about, that's how you live a fulfilled life. I think you know, one of my favorite quotes ever is from Sir Richard Branson. He says, I don't call work work and play play. It's all just life. Right? And that's basically the goal with what we're doing at Shit You Don't Learn in College. Excellent. Excellent. I wanted to back up. I know that you said that you could really go down the rabbit yeah. hole about uh, education. And I don't want to spend too long on it because I want to get people to get value out of it, but uh, out of, and, and we're going to give some actionable stuff that people can start to do. But what's up with the militaristic thing? Oh, I, now, okay. I've never heard that, uh, but that's yeah, fascinating, is... especially in the times <laughs> that we're living in today. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can keep this as concise as possible. Uh, but clearly, I'm a little bit passionate about this one. Um, so if you go back to ancient Greece, um, are you familiar with the trivium and the quadrivium by any chance? So this, when you go back to ancient Greece, the way, what it took for you to be qualified as a contributing member of society in ancient Greece. Um, so the trivium is, uh, it's essentially grammar, right? Which is the ability to learn and teach right? Grammar, ability to learn and ability to teach on your own. Um, critical thinking, so the ability to question, and logic and reason, so the ability to be logical and reason on your own. That's the trivium, the three basic things that you needed to be to be a contributing member of society, right? And so that bred you towards being an individual that contributed to society as a whole. What happened when you made this move into Roman times Major, major um, focus of Rome, obviously, militaristic expansion, right? You need soldiers, right? What makes a terrible soldier? Someone who learns on their own, someone who questions everything critically, and someone who has their own logic and reasoning apart from the one that's told them, right? So you, have, you basically do away with that education system and you focus on you know, the stuff that actually leads towards good soldiers. That is why, you know, Rome did a lot of amazing things, but essentially it turned majority of its people into worker ants, right? So they lost their individuality. Now, we could go into, you know, the, the depths of everything there, but I'd probably rather not. As you start to look into, um, you know, American capitalism and the economy and everything that we have now, right, there's this, it's pretty much a similar shift into this militaristic approach into education, but rather than to military expansion, it's economic expansion, right? Corporations, economic expansion, that's exactly what it is. So because of that, you know, we've seen a lot of major, major benefits technology-wise, industrially-wise, 
But one of the things that we've also seen over the course of the last century is a significant, significant loss of individuality and your ability to find fulfillment as a person. That's why you see such high rises in stress, uh, unfulfillment, because everybody, rather than being able to be that individual that they know they truly are, they become a worker ant. Yeah, I, I guess. And then all of a sudden, the uh, General Motors of the world pull out of little old Flint, Michigan, and they have nothing. And all of a sudden, the IT jobs are getting outsourced to India. Yeah. And all of these kind of things happen, and people are, are left with not a lot of skills to figure out. Sure, you can sit in a call center, and you can answer phones, and... Uh, follow directions, but that's not going to probably lead to the most fulfilling life. Yeah. So, all right, let's hear it. If people do want to to lead a more fulfilling life, and, and I know that you said do something that you're passionate about, uh, I yeah. will – look, it's worked out for me, but I will preface this with it's very difficult and it's not always the it's not always the easiest not only is not only easiest thing to do but you can take the passion right out of it by making your uh what you like to do for fun into your occupation so i'm curious yeah where you stand on all that yeah so i think you know kind of the the major thing that I would say, right? I'm not saying everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. I'm not saying everybody needs to be, um, you know, be their own boss. What I am saying is whatever you do needs to start with your passion and your purpose, right? So, you know, for example, you know, everybody that we hire on at shit you don't learn in college, I expect that whatever job we're putting them into is perfectly aligned with their passion, their purpose, and what they want to be doing at that exact time. Right, where they are on their journey, I expect that that's gonna. And if it's not a good match, we don't hire them, right? So, you know, the first thing that I would say is it doesn't necessarily mean everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. There are obviously a lot of people out there that know that they are an entrepreneur at heart, right? And for them, I say by all means make it happen, right? But either way you look at it, you want to lead with purpose and passion, right? And so, getting clear on who you are, what makes you tick. What, you know, what brings you joy, right? That's one of the major things that really, you know, really got me out of Cisco is, you know, I got clear on the things that, that bring me joy. I use joy as, as a compass a lot of the time, right? You can use joy as a compass to a fulfilling life. Problem is a majority of the time that, that joy is on the other side of fear, right? Doing something against the norm, going against what your parents told you or starting your own business that's got a lot of uncertainty, Um, but if you can lead with joy and you can lead with a purpose, a deeper purpose and meaning that you have, even if you're working for someone else, you're still going to be happy and fulfilled. So you don't necessarily have to be an entrepreneur, but you have to be doing something that is important to you. I, I, I totally understand. And it doesn't necessarily need to be your full-time job. This can just be what I like to call alignment where what you do every day is aligned with the person who you are or the person that you are striving to be and that you have a certain set of values and you like to stick to those. And uh, sure, temptation comes along to veer from that. And as you said, more and more money gets offered to you when you're working in in the corporate world. And, uh, you know, it's another carrot dangling in front of you. Uh, So it, 
I want to stress to people, especially if they are in the position where they never want to be an entrepreneur or maybe they want to start a side hustle or something like that, they can. Uh, yep. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's life and you want to spend as much of that time doing something that you enjoy. So, <coughs> or, you know, even if you go and work for somebody that is going to be able to uh, create a workplace environment that's fun and fulfilling and that you're passionate about, that's yeah. great too. Uh, so, well, the thing, yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say the thing that you reminded me of is a, a saying that one of my mentors once told me, right? Because I think so many people are like, you know, I want to, I'm going to do this until here and then I'm going to be able to X, Y, Z, right? And one of my mentors told me, don't consider life a journey that you're looking to get to the end. Consider life a dance that you want to enjoy the entire time the song is playing. And that kind of goes right back to what you were talking about. Like you want to spend this doing the things that you love to do. And because we, you know, that's the one thing we can never get back is our time. Okay. So how do you teach people this? Oh man. Uh, so I actually, I can give a quick exercise if, if that would be good, that'll really help out. The um, so the first... actionable things that we have, <laughs> Let's do it. People, yeah. uh, the better. Let's do it. So the first thing, the first thing that I would tell everybody when it comes, cause I think for a lot of ple- people, right, they're not clear on themselves, right? So that's the problem. When you don't have clarity, it's very hard to take action in any direction if you don't have clarity. Right. So if you're, you know, if you think of it like, um, you're like, I'm on, I'm on the West coast, I'm in San Diego. And if you think of it, like I need to go to the East coast, right? I know I need to go to the East coast. So I start to drive East, but then I hit a fork in the road and one side reads New York and one side reads Miami, right? Where do I go if I'm not clear on which one to go to? I kind of sit there, right? And I, I don't want to go to New York if I go to New York and I hate it and I wanted to go to Miami. And what if I don't have time then? Right. And I don't want to go to Miami and then find out I need to go to New York. So you sit there in like Albuquerque, New Mexico, which is a shithole. It's where my mom lives. Um, and so you just like, you get stuck. And so most people don't make decisions because they're not clear. So getting clarity around what's important to you is probably the number one thing that I would suggest to everybody first, because once you get clarity, you hit that intersection, right? And you know, you need to go to Miami. So you hit the intersection. You're like, okay, let's go to Miami. Right. And you hit another intersection. It reads DC or Miami. Where do you go? You go to Miami. Right. It's very clear once you have clarity on the destination and, and you as a person. Um, and so there's a lot of exercises that I go through to help people get clarity. It's kind of like putting together a jigsaw puzzle and every exercise you go through uh, gives you a little bit more clarity on the life you want to live and who you want to be and what you want to be doing. Um, and most people never take the time to actually do these exercises up front. They expect to like find the answers while answering emails or like taking out the trash. Um, so I'll give you guys one exercise that, you know, is actually probably one of the most, one of the most influential in me quitting my job actually. Um, because I realized that a majority of my time I was spending was not exactly what you were saying was not being spent doing things that mattered to me. So is make a list of 20 things that you love to do. So don't have to think about it too much. It could be you know, watching a great movie could be going and grabbing a beer with your friends. It could be having a great conversation. It could be working out, could be traveling. Just write down 20 things that you love to do without thinking about it too much. And then after you write down the 20 things that you love to do, go back through each of those 20 and write down why. Why do I love to do this? I love to travel because I love to 
learn new people and learn new languages and learn new experiences. I love to hang out with my friends because I love connecting with people and I love just having deep conversation, right? I love to drink tequila because it just lets me relax and chill in the moment and just enjoy everything around me, right? Um, so write down what this brings you and why you love doing it. And as you go back through those 20 and you write down the 20 reasons why, you'll notice that there's probably about three to five paradigms, three to five patterns that run through your life, right? And in every single one of those lo things that you love to do, there's about three to five reasons why you love to do them, right? So for me, everything that runs through my life, the things that I love to do revolves around learning and growing, connecting with people, and teaching others. Everything that I do in my life revolves around those three things. And when I realize that, when I realize, you know, it's kind of like your values or your swim lanes that you want to live your life in, the more time that you could spend doing those activities that allow you to learn and grow, that allow you to connect with others and allow you to teach, that became very clear that that's the kind of life I wanted to build my life around. And while I was at Cisco, I was only living that about 10 to 15% of my life. Sure. No, I can, I can totally imagine. So you just up and quit and started this new thing. How did you get there? Pretty, pretty much. Um, so when I quit, it was, it was interesting. When I first quit, I, I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> for lack of a better way of putting it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people ask like, Oh, you knew, you knew the business model you wanted to do, or you knew X, Y, Z. All I knew was this wasn't it. The corporate world wasn't it. And I knew that I was going to be able to figure out what quote unquote it was faster if I just dropped everything and focused on learning myself, learning what I wanted to do, and then learn how to turn it into a business. Um, so within the first four months, I actually invested about $35,000 in my own education. So coaching, mentorship, programs um, from all the best in the world to learn absolutely everything that I could so I could take all of this and apply it to my specific situation and, you know, really make sure that that, that would hone and grow it and get going. Because I, I just wanted to know all the options so I could put together what I thought would work and then take it off from there. Um, so it was pretty, honestly, it was pretty stressful. Like you mentioned, you know, it's, uh, it's honestly, it's not for everybody, right? But I knew that for me, there was no other option. There was no going back to the corporate world. I basically had decided that I was going to figure out how to live a fulfilling life one way or another. Um, and I was okay. You know, it was interesting to me that I wouldn't be okay with spending $35,000 to learn what I wanted to learn to become, you know, live the life that I wanted to live. But I was willing to spend $100,000 on my university degree and everything there, which didn't necessarily bring me anywhere closer to living a fulfilling life. Right. So that was kind of one of the most interesting things to me to realize that and be like, I am totally OK with investing this kind of money in myself when I know that it's going towards the right direction this time. Sure, sure. And anybody watching could quote uh, Matt Damon from Goodwill Hunting and say, OK, you spent all that money up there at Harvard 
and uh, for an education you could have gotten at the local at the public library for what is it a dollar forty seven in, in late fees or or whatever yep. he says. So okay, so for anybody who doesn't have thirty five thousand dollars to spend on their own education, what's the what's the thirty five hundred dollar fix? Uh, because even that seems yeah. intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing that I would say is stop first, just stop focusing on money because it's not about the money. Um, you know, when you realize what it would be like for you to actually live a fulfilled life, right? Just start, start going through your own personal education and becoming the person you need to become. So you can become the person you need to become for, you know, very, you know, minimal amount of money, but you need to be focused on number one, learning what you need to learn and number two, implementing it. So like, I'll tell you this right now, we're in the information age. You can find all of this information online. You can find every single piece of this online somewhere. The problem is we're not short on information. We're short on execution. So people need to be committed to learning the things they need to learn, but then actually executing, then actually implementing it. And that's the much harder part, right? And I think that's you know, if I'm being honest, a lot of what caused me to really implement everything was because I did commit myself financially to making it happen. Because a lot of people go out there and they'll watch a Facebook Live or they'll, uh, you know, read a blog or they'll get, you know, the free seven steps to do X, Y, Z, and they'll read through it and then they'll do nothing about it. Right. And so that's probably the biggest problem. Like you could, you could do anything you want without spending a dime. The information's out there. You just need to execute. Sure. Sure. Okay. So, Real quick, tell people what they need to learn, and then we can get into execution before we wrap up. What what part of it? Where are they at? Are they still in a nine to five? Are they? Yeah, I, I would say most people right now uh, who are watching this are probably at work, a little bit bored. In, in fact, uh, <laughs> I did some see a handful of people that I know join. Uh, we have Giovanni actually coming in from. Peru, uh, they actually own their own business, so that's pretty good. Enrique coming in from uh, Nicaragua, he's in a little bit of a transition. Uh, Marco is a friend of mine here in Costa Rica. He owns his own business uh, there at the beach. Uh, he's a surf instructor. Instructor Richard LaBelle, I went on a trip to Germany with in college over, I haven't probably- You live a way cooler life, life than I do, 10 man. years. Uh, I'm <laughs> so happy that all these people have, have came in. Uh, my dad popped in and, uh, and has commented- Hey, Papa Wilson. <laughs> uh, yeah, Papa Wilson. Captain Randy is out there. Uh, Juliana is c- uh, coming in from, uh, from Colombia. So people from all over the world in different, in different states, of course. Okay, so- Say you're still holding on to your job because you got to pay the damn bills, uh, but yeah. what would you start studying? So you made your your what you love to do list, and then you said why. You identified the common themes. Now, yeah. what do you need to start studying if you want to start a business or develop the skills where you can pay your bills in a more fulfilling way because that's what it's about at the end of the day we all got to pay our bills yeah so the first i mean the first thing that i would say for and this is for absolutely everybody um a successful business is not dependent on the strategy that you focus on a successful business is depending on the person that you are 
And this is something that, you know, when at shit you don't learn in college, we focus very heavily on you becoming the person because again, there's a lot of strategies out there. There's a lot of systems out there to be able to, you know, make a little money on the side or do something on the side. The only reason people aren't successful doing it is because they're not the person they need to be yet. So I always start with personal development first. I always, always, always start with personal development first because you're the reason that you didn't take the actions outside of your comfort zone. You're the reason that you didn't um, put in the work. You're the reason why you held yourself back from going fully at it because you were uncomfortable. You were afraid of people judging you. You were afraid of failure. You were afraid of everything. So success and failure hinges on you as a person, not on the strategy. So that's probably what I would tell everybody out there. I would tell everybody out there that if you want to be able to start that, you know, that passion on the side, you got to understand that it actually starts with you as a person. You have to become the person. You know, one of my favorite quotes from Jim Rohn, he says, to have more, you have to become more. Right? It's not the, it's not the other way around. Yeah. completely agree. I'm going to take you on a little walk here without totally destroying my computer <laughs> and all of the uh, podcast equipment right here. And let's just bring up the old bookshelf and see what what's on there i mean all right you want to develop yourself okay you got the bulletproof diet you got the harvard medical school diet to tai chi you got you got eckhart tolle yeah i mean yeah two of them my notebook had strong really good book uh book full of meditations think like a greek something in Spanish that I'm not going to read. Uh, yeah, start with where you are right now, the four agreements. The four agreements, book. yeah, great. You know, Charles, uh, Charles Dewey, Smarter, Faster, Better, Mark Manson, you guys have heard the title of Psycho-Cybernetics, Psycho yeah. a good book, uh, a book on management by Marcus Buckingham, High Output Management, another really good one. I mean, travel books, of course. We got a yoga book at the end. We got this one I just read. I've read all those this well not in 2018 but 2017 2018 I mean for sure and that doesn't include audible that doesn't I mean yeah for people who are looking to to you sure that cost me I could have gotten those all at the public library <laughs> yeah uh, I'm sure absolutely but of course yeah whatever I, I try to buy used books on Amazon as much as I can and then pay them forward to other people um, people who've taken a deep dive into personal development they've read read tons of books they're committed to bettering themselves uh, yeah. They are bettering the person that they are to handle the challenges going forward. All right. What do you do now? You said it's all about action. Yep. So, so you know, that you actually just brought up probably the major problem that I actually see right now with most people trying to be successful is they read all the books, but just like I mentioned, they don't implement it. So majority of the action steps are actually in all of those books. They tell you what to do. They tell you to ask for mentors. They tell you to ask for coaching. They tell you to, you know, uh, you know, get out there and just do something. They tell you all those things, but most people don't actually do it. Most people don't actually live the skills and the characteristics that all of those books are telling you to live. That's actually probably the biggest problem because, again, there's a million and a half different resources for you to start your own business. There's a million and a half different ways for you to – um, you know, do something more fulfilling in your life. But most people aren't just taking the prescriptive actions. They're too scared to get out of their comfort zone. 
Okay, so if somebody is sitting at home and they're guilty of this, maybe they've read the books or they've read half the book and yeah. they're scared to get out of their comfort zone and actually do the things, how do you keep yourself accountable? Yeah, so I would say, you know, this is this is where um, you know, a lot of why we started shit you don't learn in college because the truth is most people cannot be most people cannot be trusted to hold actually I'll say everybody cannot be trusted to hold themselves accountable. Right. If you think about it, account like accountability is like, uh, you know, current, it, you know, be like current Xander having a conversation with future Xander. Future Xander wants to be this super successful eight, nine figure bin- business owner. Right. But current Xander wants to, you know, sleep in and have a beer and, uh, you know, not do anything on a Friday. Right. And so it takes third party accountability. Right. And for me, you know, one of the things that's meant for me is hiring coaches right? Hiring coaches, hiring mentors, hiring groups to keep me accountable. Because the truth is, as soon as you have third party accountability, you have somebody else to answer to, you actually get stuff done. If it was a conversation between current Xander and future Xander around what I'm going to do today, guess who's actually in the room right now? It's only current Xander and current Xander wants to have a beer, right? So nothing would ever get done. But as soon as you have third-party accountability, you have a coach, you have a mentor, you have a program that you're a part of, a mastermind group or a community to hold you accountable, you actually do the things that get you out of your comfort zone, that lead to your growth, that lead to the business growth that you wouldn't do before because you're afraid, because it makes you uncomfortable for whatever reason it is. So being able to hold yourself accountable to the things that you need to do is one of the most important things there. Okay, awesome. Xander. Can you give me the free solution here, right? Find a, find your, your accountability buddy. Find your yeah. training partner. Give me the free solution. And then, uh, you know, I know that you do this for a living. Of course, this isn't a sales pitch on sure, my yeah. end. But I'm, I'm curious uh, what it is that that you do. And, and I know that you have a large Facebook group and, uh, what would you suggest to people? Of course you can mention your own products, but, uh, there's a lot yeah. of resources out there. So, yeah, so I would, you know, I would suggest just like you mentioned, finding an accountability buddy would probably be the first step. The first easy free step is find an accountability buddy. Don't make it your significant other. Don't let it be a friend of yours because this person needs to be able to truthfully hold you accountable for the things that you set out to do, the goals that you need to set out for right? And they need to be able to call you on your bullshit. So when, when you don't achieve something, they're not, they're not going to say, oh, that's okay. They're going to say, well, why not? Why didn't you do it? Right? Because that's going to be what holds you accountable and what gets you to the point of understanding. You're like, why didn't I do this? Well, I know that this is what I want to do and I know this is the direction I need to go, but I'm a little bit afraid. Okay, that's fine. Well, now we know why you didn't do it. Now let's do it next time because that's a choice. Um, so finding an accountability buddy is incredibly important. Make sure it's not a friend. Make sure it's not your significant other. Um, and make sure that it's somebody that will actually call you on your bullshit. And what you can do is you can set up you know, five minutes a day, either in the morning or in the evening, and just touch base with that person. You know, My accountability uh, partner and I actually touch base over WhatsApp. So we can send each other little messages or voice memos around, hey, we do it in the evening. So we say, hey, here's what we're going to accomplish tomorrow, or here's what I want to accomplish tomorrow. Here's what I accomplished today. And then that other person sends their accountability. And then the next day, we basically review it. I did not get this done or I did get this done. And here's what I'm going to do tomorrow. And simply that, it takes nothing more than 45 seconds to a minute. Simply that makes me more likely to do the things that I know I need to do 
rather than you know shirking my responsibilities as an entrepreneur that I know if I shirk them, I'm not going to have the impact that I want to have. That's excellent. That that's absolutely absolutely, absolutely excellent. And uh, of course, I've had the training partner. I had the training partner growing up who would you know send the messages, get to the gym, bitch. But uh, I like to yeah. encourage a more positive, uh, yeah, <laughs> a more more positive messaging these absolutely. days. Uh, but okay, and so then, what should people? look for when they go to pay for this type of stuff when you so if you're looking for somebody to help you get to where you want to go there's always you know there's always one major thing that i ask or i figure out if so you got to get clear on where it is you want to go if you're at point a and you want to go from point a to get to point b find someone who's gone from point a and and has gotten to point B and has shown others how to go from point A to point B and you have them show you how to do it, right? Because really what you're looking for is people have, people have traveled these paths before. People have gone down these roads. You're not doing anything new, right? And so you can, everybody learns from the school of hard knocks. So you can either go down this path and learn it all on your own and you can fail a bunch of times and learn from your mistakes. Hopefully, you're learning from your mistakes, not repeating your mistakes. But you can go down that path and you know create the failures and create the successes to learn on your own. Or you can learn from somebody else's success and failures, right? And that speeds up the process significantly, right? The reason you know, and I emphasize this a lot. The reason that I was able to get from where I was to where I wanted to be so fast is because I didn't just leverage my experience. I leveraged everybody else's experience that I could find. To create my own recipe, I completely, I completely agree here, and it goes back to the concept of education, like we were talking about before. Yep. Look, the best university professors that I had were the ones who were actually business people, and I really enjoyed their classes because they told the war stories. But yeah. people who just read out of the textbook and put up a PowerPoint <laughs> and talked about theory all day, I talk, didn't get talk, that I talked much. about theoretical knowledge, yeah. Exactly. And same, you know, and same with the books. If it's some, um, you know, Harvard Business School review that studied the uh, these companies, that's one thing. But if it's someone who, if it's actually a CEO who writes a book, go read that if you're looking to be a CEO. If it's an entrepreneur who went and read a book or, or if it's someone who's been successful before because like you said, yeah, learning is great, but it's all about execution. Absolutely. Excellent, excellent. Well, Xander, as we wrap it up here, I wanted to ask you a final question. And you know, if anybody is out there listening, I know we just wrapped up a Facebook Live. If anybody is, uh, you know, listening on the podcast, driving in their car or thinking to themselves, all right, I listen to the podcasts, I read the books, I want to start putting things into action. What would be a good step for them to get off this podcast, go just yeah. hang up? And go do it. What would you tell them to, to go out and do? What's your overarching piece of advice? Oh, man. Well, I would say, I would say just doing it. Just get started. Right? Because uh, the, the truth is you'll never, you'll never have the clarity you want. You'll never have the, um, you know, the exactness and the concreteness 
until you just start doing something, right? You could read all the books. Like it, this, this is one of my favorite analogies, right? If you want to swim like Michael Phelps, you could read all the books that Michael Phelps, you know, writes, but you're not going to know how to swim until you get in the pool. Jump in the pool. You got to You got to jump in the pool. I right? Like it. it's, it's, that's it. You got to jump in the pool. Excellent. And, and as you said, it is all in those books. They give you the action steps. The good books give you the action steps and you've given a handful. So go out and get that accountability. I, uh, I really appreciate it today, Xander. Absolutely, man. Xander. Okay. Xander Fryer, shit you don't learn in college. Where can people connect with you and learn more? Absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram at, at Xander Fryer, Z-A-N-D-E-R-F-R-Y-E-R. Uh, Instagram and Twitter is the same, same thing with Facebook. Um, and then if you want to learn more, we do have a free training on how to turn your knowledge, expertise, or passion into a six-figure business in a couple short months. Uh, to check out that training, it's at www.xanderfryer.com forward slash go. So that's Z-A-N-D-E-R-F-R-Y-E-R.com forward slash go. And we dig into, you know, the basics of how to turn your passion into a six-figure business. And you just, like we talked about so much on this episode, you just got to execute on it. That's all. <laughs> That's all there is to it, Xander. Just the little part about execution. Beautiful. Thanks, my Thank man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Hey, Lift Different Podcast listeners. If you've been listening for a while, you understand how much importance that I place on yoga, meditation, adventure, travel, and being in nature. And I have all of those things set for you guys this April 24th through 30th with none other than former podcast guest and, of course, my girlfriend, Luz Garcia our yoga teacher for under 30 experiences. We are hosting a yoga and mindfulness retreat together. And I would love if you wanted to take the next step in our relationship and come and actually hang out. I promise that I will show you a good time in Costa Rica on this eco lodge eating three organic meals per day that come from the ground there on the farm at the base of the Arenal volcano amazing yoga platform overlooking this beautiful little river uh, it is deep in the rainforest there are all sorts of activities to get you outside of your comfort zone whether it's the zipline canopy tour whether it is uh, hikes through the jungle, horseback riding, uh, kayaking, anything that you guys want to do. This trip is all about you. So if you want to sign up, check us out under30experiences.com. Click Yoga in Costa Rica, and I'd love to see you there.